0: This episode of the How a Car Washing is sponsored by High Performance Wash Systems. High Performance Wash Systems is the largest car wash distributor and supplier in the Rocky Mountain region, specializing in providing car wash equipment and supplies. From start to finish, they assist owners with building and maintaining their car washes. Visit hpws.com for more information.
1: Welcome to The How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez.
2: My guest today is Shane Wells. Shane's a partner in the high-performance wash systems. He's a well-known industry leader in the car wash business and has developed quite a bit of car washing. He grew up in the car wash industry, uh, with his dad, Dick Wells, owning car washes and being the previous owner of High Performance Wash Systems. He's got over 15 years of direct application experience. Uh, he's developed his skills in, in either servicing or developing over 100 facilities into successful operation for their customers. High Performance Wash System is the largest distributor of car washing products in the surrounding 10-state region in the Western United States, And he's been consistently the third largest national supplier for several manufacturers. Um, In June of 2015, Shane and High Performance Wash Systems began a new initiative with the High Performance Wash Systems University. Uh, They conduct operator training and developed a platform to increase the knowledge of car wash owners in the Western region. And they've educated over 100 uh, different types of employees to date uh, Shane went to Colorado Mason University, received a BS in biology, and his education has obviously continued in his professional career. Um, he is proficient in CAD CAM, Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, and pretty much the whole Adobe Creative Suite. Um, and he has trained himself to be able to use AutoCAD to allow um, to develop car wash layouts for his customers. So, Shane, welcome to uh, the How of Car Washing.
1: Great, thank you.
2: Yeah, we appreciate it. Good, good. So we're going to discuss today. Today's topic is about distributors. So there's a lot of great information that uh, I would like for our listeners to understand about distributors. But um, High Performance Wash Systems in Denver has been around for quite a long time. How long have you been in business?
1: Well, the company started in uh, 1958, and the owner was Gene Miller. Uh, okay. He, the car washing was very different then. It was, uh, much more self-serve type operations, the, the spray wand and, um, uh, it kind of grew over, over the years. Uh, they started putting in automatic car washes and, uh, that, that was a big boon for, for the Colorado market. Uh, the, the, the type that you pull in and, and they go around or over, um, okay. And then, my dad went to work for Gene, um, selling car wash equipment in about seventy eight, seventy nine, somewhere somewhere around there, if I remember correctly, and ended up purchasing the business from him a, a few years later in the in the mid eighties, uh, which was a really tough economic time. So he got uh, he got the full full brunt of that, um, but. Uh, continued on and started building tunnels. Uh, during during that time, uh, they were full service back then. The express model uh, did not exist. And um, then I went to work for him. Um, gosh, uh, about ninety eight, ninety nine, and um, he had me start in a car wash as a manager. And I had to, to work a couple of years there uh before I was allowed to come in house uh to to the office and then I got to run deliveries for a year, uh work on the parts counter for a year, like everything every station was a year uh where I where I had to become oh, proficient wow. at it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, then um and then you, you bought your dad out uh when?
1: Uh, I think we're, we're right on, uh, 14 years ago. Okay. We, we, my brother and I purchased the company We're uh, we're partners 50, 50. And, uh, he, my dad was just, you know, at that time in his career where he wanted to, to go do fun things. And, uh, so he, he sold the company to us in a, a very business like fashion. Mm-hmm. I would have thought we didn't even know each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we we went to a neutral uh neutral ground and sat across the table and negotiated every point and um it was uh it was a looking back on it, it was a it was a great experience, but at the time it was a absolute torture.
2: Yeah, yeah. So when when you got out of college, you did you work for somebody else and then decided to get in this business? Well, I was interested in kinda of people become their own business owners. How, how did you become a business owner? What was the track that you took besides working for your dad? I think you might've had a job in between college and high performance.
1: Yeah, I actually, I worked for, um, a, a window tinning and, um, vehicle accessory shop. Uh, so they did, uh, all, all kinds of aftermarket, uh, upgrades to, to vehicles. And then, um, the window tinting went into the commercial and residential side as well. And I I really enjoyed that. It was uh, good to get out and uh, go to all these different businesses and homes and meet, meet with customers and, uh, you know, sell your wares. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wanted to leave grand junction. I'd, I'd been there for about seven years and wanted to go back to the city. Um, And at the time, my my dad was opening another car wash uh, down in Colorado Springs and he didn't have a manager. So it it really worked out good. Uh, That's that's when I I called him up and he said, yeah, I I do have a position open. You'd have to sign a two year contract and we'll negotiate the points when you get here.
2: So your so your dad, uh, which is probably good. He didn't do you any favors because he was your son. He treated you like a business partner. So
1: that he probably did.
2: that probably was hard at first, but it probably benefited you long term. I would imagine.
1: Well, yeah. When you're just out of college, you think you got the world by by the tail, and and you're going to go step into uh, you know your dad's business and and be walking in um, tall cotton. Right uh, so it, he, he put me in my place very quickly. Yeah.
2: yeah. But, yeah. but it worked out. So what, what's it like working with your brother? I know, um, multi-generational families that, that take over, you know, the kids might take over the business and then there might be three people instead of just one, if there's brothers and sisters involved in the business. But how's that been working with your brother? What, uh, I know your styles are very different. You're very different people, by the way. I mean, nobody would ever really know that Shane and Rich Wells are brothers Uh, If you didn't know they had the same last name, but um, you know, what's, 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 what's it like working with, with, with a brother, with a family member?
1: Well, it's actually been great. Um, Rich is five years, my senior and growing up, we, we did not have a good relationship. I was the, the pesky younger brother, always uh, getting in trouble and, and um, he was always walking the line. And so we, we were very. Um, at odds growing up, but uh, that's actually turned out to be a very good thing because uh, he's he got a degree in uh, aerospace engineering um, right. at uh, CU Boulder, and then went into the military uh, as an officer through ROTC, and then during that time got his MBA. Um, after after he got his mba it he was graduating right after 911 and there was not a lot of work for mbas at that time i was thinking about purchasing the company uh from my dad and he said well why don't i come out and i'll do um an internship with you you'll pay me this much and you'll cover all my costs <laughs> He's my older yeah. brother, so of course I said yes, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but it was a great decision because I did not have a lot of business training um, in school or otherwise, and he was a real asset and uh, provided great data on on the company, but he also realized during that time that there was no way that uh, somebody without a lot of business acumen would, would be able to make a distributorship survive and grow. Mm -hmm. And so he, he said, you know, why don't we go in as partners? And it took me about one second of thinking, uh, to determine that was a good plan. And, And I agreed to it and we have a nice division of roles. He handles all of, uh, internal operations, um, handles the you know the purchasing accounts receivable accounts payable uh, inventory I handle the the sales side and we're really built for those roles um, and you know every, every now and then we have uh, disagreements but it's great because we defer to whoever's area of expertise it is.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. You guys are very different in that respect, but it seems to be extremely complimentary. I mean, I, it's almost a yin and yang type of relationship where you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're the outgoing idea generation sales guy and Rich is the analytical. Let me get in the books. Let me make sure the trains are running on time type of person. And I think that, that you guys complement each other tremendously. So I think it's a good, you know, from outside looking in, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a good relationship.
1: So. Yeah. To, to be, to be good in sales and, and, and that side of it falls very short. If you don't have the internal operations stracked away. Right. And so it's, it is, it's a good dynamic.
2: Yeah. So to tell me a little bit about high performance, give me some rundowns as far as how many people you have, how large is the company what types of people do you have? What type of services do you offer? And a little bit, maybe how that's evolved in the last five or 10 years.
1: Certainly. Uh, We have 32 people. Um, We've been growing uh, ever since we bought the company every, every year we've grown. um, Well, I think during the the economic downturn, we, we had a little flat spot there, Mm -hmm. but overall it's, it's been a a steady trend uh, up and um, we have evolved with the industry. um, Really, you know, Ten years ago, when when the express model um, took hold and and started to flourish, you know, we had to adapt our company. Uh, in fact, when we bought the company, uh, we didn't we didn't even have a tunnel line uh, of equipment, and we had installed uh, a lot of tunnels in the eighties and early nineties, um, but we kind of stopped in the the mid to late nineties. Um, doing any tunnel work. Mm-hmm. and So so we evolved that way. Um, obviously, that's become a big part of the industry. Uh, it's more difficult to, to put up a self-serve automatic type wash in, in high-density areas because the price of land and water taps, all the costs of construction, you just don't get the revenue per square foot that you need Uh, to, to make it worth the, the venture. Right. So in smaller towns, we still, uh, put in quite a few facilities like that. And even, even in Denver or Fort Collins or Colorado Springs, uh, occasionally we'll do a self-serve automatic, but by and large, um, I'd say 80% or more of our, our builds are, are tunnel washes. And so that is a hundred percent change from where we were when we bought the company right. uh, and, and we weren't doing any tunnels.
2: So what's the breakdown of employees? If you had to say, you know what, you've got 32 employees. What, what types do you have?
1: So we have uh we have office staff. Right. That will handle um, uh, the accounting and purchasing that side. Uh, so we have uh, five or six people there. And then we have um, we have an electronics department. One of the things that we do differently than a lot of distributors is is we have electronic techs to work on smaller components uh, for bill changers, timers, coin acceptors, and that came from the self serve you know historical business that we did. Right. So we've got a couple gentlemen there. Um, we have people on uh, the parts counter and delivery. So we have uh, several people in, you know, we have two that work exclusively the parts department and, and three in deliveries and, and one in shipping. So, you know, that, that probably makes up um, uh, about 40% of our company right there. The rest would be outside um, tech support. Um, So we have, uh, different types of technicians, and then also uh, salespeople.
2: Okay, so you got salespeople, you've got technicians. Do you divide your technicians up into chemical technicians and equipment technicians?
1: Yeah. Um, because we work on so many different types of equipment, um, not just manufacturers, but individual components, um, it takes a long time for a tech to become competent. And they will kind of tackle one area at a time. Um, soap is uh, a faster ramp up. Uh, you know, within within a year, you have someone that can can be valuable uh, out in the field to customers. Um, whereas for for an equipment technician, it's several years in the making um, to, to become competent there. So really. If, if somebody starts in the parts department, they will often, you know, move up into soap and then move up into um, equipment technician. So okay. that, it's kind of a nice uh, graduating growth process for them as individuals. Um, in fact, our, our um, lead technician right now, uh, James Trevino, he started as a delivery guy. Okay. And uh just over time has has grown with the company and and now is is our go-to guy uh within the entire company.
2: Right. So there there's a lot of different types of distributors, car wash distributors. There's some that are large like yourself and there are some that are one or two man bands. Um obviously you made the investment to build a build out an infrastructure, a warehouse, a parts department. Uh, electronic shop. Um, you know, we've got different warehouses where you store chemicals. I mean, how, obviously it's a harder to do that, but um, what's, what's the, what do you see as the advantage of being more of, I consider a full service distributor?
1: Right. It's, it, it is more difficult to offer all those um, aspects of the company. It's more expensive um, to, to do that. You know, we have uh, 10,000 square feet right in the heart of Denver. Um, that's been our office for um, almost 20 years. And, and we've added on a sales office north up uh, near Broomfield. And uh, that was just to accommodate space for for people to be able to, to, to do their daily work. Um, when we, uh, for an example, our, our electronics department, it really doesn't add anything to the bottom line, so we will often, you know, be talking and say, "Gosh, w- you know, why do you offer that service? Why do we offer that service if it's not adding to the bottom line?" Well, it's a great convenience for those customers that they can bring their parts in to have them serviced the same day or the next day, rather than have to ship them off to the manufacturer which is often a, a, a two-, three-week process to, to mm-hmm. get them repaired and back. Right. So if even though it doesn't add anything to the bottom line directly, it, it makes us more valuable to the customer. Right. Uh, when we are uh, talking to a new investor or an existing customer about building a new site, um, having the in-house AutoCAD is fantastic because we can – put the plans up on the big screen and all sit around and look at it together, make changes on the fly. And, and once we've made those changes, then we can send them to the architect and the engineers and they can go through and, and, um, see those in the language that they speak rather than just sending an email to an architect that says, Hey, I need to change this, this, and that. Um, so, To have AutoCAD in-house is definitely something that we do differently. Um, Doesn't add to the bottom line, but provides a great service to the customer that in turn we see come back in sales.
0: Right, right.
2: So how have you seen – you've you've seen it. You've obviously been involved for like the last 10 or 15 years. But how have you seen distributors evolving – in the last 10 years, what's, what's changed since when you started?
1: You know, it's, it's cyclical. Um, you will, and really it, it depends on, on the customer base. Um, I meet with a lot of fellow distributors and in, in regular get togethers, um, informal or formal. Um, some of them will, will sit down and spend two or three days going over, um, different approaches, uh, tactics, um, places that they have strengths and weaknesses. It's, uh, it's not uncommon for, uh, but for, for car wash distributors, it, it is uncommon, mm-hmm. uh, for, for, uh, general business owners. I think it's not, they, they have enhancement groups, um, all over the place, uh, but for car wash distributors to do it is, is different. So trends I see, um, you have uh, operations like ours that are looking to grow and grow significantly, which takes a lot of investment, um, both time and money. And then you have other operations that, that are happy doing what they, they want, are currently and so I think they they're gonna be fine for a while, but as uh, any business goes, if, if you're not keeping up with the the trends, uh, it's dangerous and, right. and you, you're, you, you're more exposed to um, the problems that, that come with that. And so we've always had small distributors around. We we have, 20-some uh, competitors in our market, and we don't really uh, focus anything on what they do. Uh, it's, it's really, what what are we doing? That's the, that's the important uh, aspect, um, regardless of, of whether they're growing, um, adding lines, bringing on new services. It really comes back to, what are we doing?
2: Right. Playing your own game, sort to speak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, are you starting to see distributors? It seems like to me, from what I'm seeing is distributors are starting to focus more than they ever had before. If you were a distributor, um, you might have offered three or four different lines of equipment, six or seven lines of chemicals. And Lord knows how many different types of parts. Are you starting to see distributors focus more or do you think they're broadening their offerings?
1: You know, I, I see both. Um, for us, we look at the, the level of technology that's going into the car washes now. Uh, you know, uh, have multiple servers. Uh, you're dealing with high voltage and low voltage and equipment-specific requirements. Um, we do not offer multiple lines because we want to be honed on our knowledge of that equipment, um, now some of some of the knowledge carries over. You know, a, a, a top brush here may be the same as a top brush there, um, but you know, when you when you look at um, how how those individual pieces of equipment are set up, the tolerances they have, um, electric, hydraulic, uh, are they controlled uh, by air or or by Um, weight well if you don't have specific knowledge on that equipment you can cause a a lot of damage in in a bay and and that is a very bad thing um there's nothing worse than than making a change uh to some equipment and and having smoke come out of it Uh, right so Trying to focus in on the specific knowledge is is key for us. And that's why we don't offer multiple lines. Um, We have in the past, and and we did that for about a two-year period. And we decided that that was not in our best interest.
0: Right, right.
1: We wanted to specialize.
0: This episode of the How a Car Washing is sponsored by High Performance Wash Systems. High Performance Wash Systems is the largest car wash distributor and supplier in the Rocky Mountain region, specializing in providing car wash equipment and supplies. Serving the industry for over 50 years, they are a full service provider assisting you with site selection, financial forecasting, obtaining financing, architect and general contractor selection, equipment recommendations, and follow-on support. From start to finish, they assist owners with building and maintaining their car washes. Visit hpws.com for more information. So,
2: what, so you're talking to new investors, you're trying to educate them on the value of the distributor in their market. I mean, a lot of of items probably could be purchased directly um, if you really searched out and wanted to do that, but um, if you had to kind of come up in two or three sentences, what what's the value of the distributor to the to the car wash owner and operator?
1: Oh well, that that's uh, that's, that's a big, a big one, one because yeah. yeah, there's there's multiple areas. Um,
2: well, I can I I can give you a little bit of what I think. So I'm a relatively small operator. I've got two car washes, and I mean I rely very heavily on the distributor to help me. So I'm not on site all the time. And it's important for me to have another set of eyes on site um, to look at things, see how things are going. I'm not an expert in chemical management. I'm not an expert in chemical distribution within the tunnel. I look for people who are experts in those areas that can help us figure out if you know we're, we're producing the right amount of, of cleaning on the car, the right amount of foam for the customer to look at, You know, if, if it's a show issue and making sure those things are running properly and then you know, obviously having a second set of eyes on what's going, you know, can walk through the equipment room and see if something's not working correctly or hear something that's not working correctly and being able to, um, you know, point that out to us that we need to work on it or fix it. And then, you know, uh, depending on the level of maintenance for a tunnel, uh, we do a lot of our maintenance and, and, uh, we just sort of grew up that way, but being able to call you folks, if I've got a real problem, typically in the area of electrical is where we get ourselves in trouble more than anything else. I, I don't, you know, we don't have an electrician on staff and we can get an electrician in town, but they might not have car washing expertise. So being able to know I can call somebody up, here's an electrician, here's an electrician that primarily focuses in the car wash industry, understands car wash, can help diagnose and fix things much quicker than if I just went and got on my own own, uh, electrician. So, I mean, that's the value proposition that I see with a distributor. And then, you know, that kind of delves more into you know, the partnership that we sort of create with each other. So you're helping me and, and hopefully I'm helping you, um, anything to add to that or do you,
1: Oh, yeah, it's, um, well, I appreciate that because a, you kind of laid out some of them, but you also gave me time to, to kind of think, bit. Yeah. Which, which is great. Um, so, uh, when you originally built, you used a, another supplier for those two washes um, right. that you have, and um, you've you've purchased some equipment from us during that time, and um, you've used us, uh, I'd say, for the majority of of your time as uh, your chemical supplier, right. but you did you haven't used us exclusively, and we strive to change those relationships um from i'm using someone else to i'm using you and i'm using you some and then i'm using you exclusively it's it's uh it's one of those things that we have to come in and show our value and there have been times when we have been better and times when we we haven't been and you like all of our customers let us know when we're um missing on something, mm-hmm. and sometimes we get a chance to correct that, and sometimes we don't. Um, I think that's true with any business and any customer um, relationship. Uh, it's interesting as as we sit here and talk. Um, I'm not sure, but your your academy site is down.
2: I know. I've heard that. So thank you very much.
1: <laughs> but Thomas. Thomas, our lead uh, equipment technician, is is working with them on the conveyor hydraulics. Um, they think it's bad wiring, uh, but they're running some other tests. So right there, that for an existing oper- operator is the value. Uh, we're doing a podcast. We're, we're on this call. Um, there's issues going on, and by the time we're off of it, Hopefully they'll be resolved and and you never had to do anything right so for right. you as an owner that's that's the value uh of a distributor as a new investor it's very similar it's just um site analysis property location uh dealing with uh architects and engineers and contractors uh working with to get uh information together for banks or investors. Um, all of that we do as, as uh, just part of selling equipment. Um, there's, there's no additional charges. Uh, we don't have an hourly rate. Um, we've, we've never felt the need to. Uh, and, and so that's, that's what we bring to a new investor that's going to be an operator or an existing operator is that, that ability to, to have some expertise brought in um, and, and value provided for something you were going to purchase anyways.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think when I got in the business 10 or 15 years ago, um, the relationship with the distributor to me was the most important relationship. Cause if I'm getting good advice or getting bad advice from a distributor, it's either going to make my business successful or not successful. And we've seen examples of bad advice. People have built car washes that probably weren't in the right location, the right type um, and we've, we've seen the, the results of that and we've seen the results of good advice. And so as I look back, when I first got in this industry, that relationship with the distributor was more important than the equipment line I picked out was more important than, um, the chemicals I chose more important than the business model I chose. So I put a lot of value on that and I was very lucky. Um, you know, when I first built the car washes with the distributor, I picked to help do that. And I, I feel fortunate um, that I've been able to continue that relationship with somebody here, here locally, um, who's really kind of, kind of been a good partner.
1: Um, yeah, Ralph, Ralph is, uh, an excellent distributor and he just happens to be a couple States away. So it was a natural progression to go with somebody that, that was local. Right. Um, but yeah, he, he set you up very well. And, um, I think, I think you both benefited, benefited from it. Um, you, you've been very successful. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people that would like to have your operations. Even though uh, they're down right now. Well, just one of them. <laughs> okay. okay. That's why you have two. <laughs> That's right. I have two. That's right. Um. Uh, so yeah, that, that relationship, um, often we feel like we can do something on our own and, and I think we can, um, you know, back A hundred years ago, people would build their own homes and, and they did it all the time. They did it successfully and they lived and they, they were happy, but I don't want to build my own house. Uh, There's, there's people that have specialty, uh, in doing so. And I would much rather pay to get what I actually really want rather than the, the tin hut that I could construct on my own which would take me a lot longer to accomplish it um so so bringing those those experts in uh in any industry uh is is going to be a long-term benefit and and it's all about return on investment right so spending some money it can be difficult but the return on investment is where the real you know heart of the matter is.
2: Right. Right. So from your standpoint, what makes a good customer? I mean, uh, so I'll tell you what, what I do and why I do it. So I, I will tend to buy, if I can buy things directly, I will still go ahead and try to buy it from you. Um, you know, and it might be might be, might be be more expensive, might not be more expensive. I think, you know, you're, you're competitive when you're selling things, but I try to buy things through you because I know that helps your revenue and keeps you in business. I I'm one of those people that I would be. It would be bad for me if High Performance Wash Systems was no longer in business. I'd have to go find somebody else, and I would be able to do it. But um, I see that partnership and why that partnership is important, and knowing that you've got to make money at the end of the day, so you can pay your employees, so you guys can make a profit, and if you guys are successful and healthy, that helps me be successful and healthy. So I, I truly see the distributor relationship with the operator and the owner as a very strategic partnership. And, um, and so, you know, hopefully I've got, hopefully you've got more people that think that, but, um, you know, from your perspective, what makes a good customer? Um, you know, what's, what are some of the characteristics?
1: Well, you know, I like all customers. <laughs> right. right, right. <laughs> so, um, I think that we have all types. Um, we have the ones that, are supremely supremely focused on the cost, um, whether it's uh, a five dollar part or um, a five hundred thousand dollar equipment package, and we have others uh, on the opposite end who are really um, not paying attention to that at all and uh, focused on the on the big picture only, and with any situation somewhere right there in the middle is the, is the proper place to be. Um, because if you lose sight of all the details, uh, there's going to be issues down the road. And if you're too focused on the details, then that, that too will bring problems. So, um, you know, we had a situation yesterday where one of our, our soap techs, um, was, uh, getting an oil filter for a hydraulic power pack. Uh, it's not off equipment that, that we sell. So we were looking for it and, and there's two places to buy it, the manufacturer and Amazon. And, and that's, that's the two places we sourced. So we provided that information back to our customer and they said, well, I don't want to buy from the manufacturer. Um, so I'll buy it from Amazon. Now we could have, you know, done that through us, but there's situations where it doesn't make sense to, to buy something and we don't expect a good customer to buy 100% of their, their items from us. That that would be foolish. Um, but yeah, if if there are parts that we stock, that um, because that, that takes capital to, to keep those parts on the shelf and... When when you go down and you're you're really in need, and and there's one close, and we can get it to you and help you put it on, um, test operations, or sometimes it's just get me the part. There is a huge value in that, not having to wait for next day air or over the weekend till Monday. Sure. If we don't sell those parts, then we no longer stock them, and that's just natural business. Uh, The things that move you stock and, and the things that don't turn over, you don't stock. Um, so I think it's a benefit to us and we, we appreciate that you, you make that effort and and a lot of our customers do. Um, but it also benefits you because that part's going to be there, uh, when, when you need it. So it, it really is that, that, um, back and forth we we both benefit in the long run because if you're down over a weekend that's thousands of dollars in lost revenue and and a lot of profit and unhappy customers um, so what was the savings of buying that cylinder or that motor direct and then not having it available when you need it right so that that long term perspective that that you have is appreciated by us because it it makes us grow as a company. Um, But hopefully it comes back in spades.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the market's changing. We're starting to see a lot of uh, a lot of money coming in the market, a lot of institutional money start coming in the market. How do you think that's going to change what I call the OEM? So the, the equipment, the equipment manufacturers, how's that going to change their business and in relate. And then in relationship, how's that going to change distributors going forward?
1: Well, it's been interesting to see that uh, come in. I, I never thought that we would get that that type of attention um, from uh, private equity and the other you know types of, of capital out there. Um, but we certainly have. and there are lots of groups, as you say, looking at and and actively purchasing uh, and, and building. So it's it's not just acquisition. Some of them are are building, uh, but building is much more difficult. So I think uh, for for those type of groups, acquisition is is a more natural fit. But as um, these companies, uh, Mister IMO, um, well, there's several others. I won't I won't list them all. We don't need to. But as they grow in size of chain in stores. I think it's going to make it more difficult for manufacturers because if they decide to change who they're using, those are large swings of business. It's great when you have it, Mm -hmm. but when it goes away, um, you've built infrastructure and personnel to handle that business. And then, you know, it could be tomorrow, there's no contracts in, in this industry. Um, so tomorrow they could decide to, to switch lines and, and that's going to make for a a bumpier, uh, forecast. So I see that as, as an issue. Um, but as car washes get bought up, it's going to continually get more difficult to find new ones to purchase. Uh, when, when Mr. Kind of started this whole thing, um, well, I'm sure there was, there were others doing it, but they really, uh, brought it to the forefront. Uh, they were adding a lot of sites and it seems to have slowed. I, I don't know that specifically, but, but that's my observation uh, The the low hanging fruit has been taken off the tree and now it's a more difficult, uh, process to, to make an acquisition. Um, so I, I think that we're going to start plateauing and these new companies get in, getting in might be late to the game and and have to pay more higher multiples for locations uh which will eat up their cash and have lower returns and uh you know PE groups are they they're not looking for lower returns all they want to do is is see a return on that cash right so i'm not sure it'll continue at the same pace but everybody seems to have jumped into the pool and for right now we'll just uh in, enjoy the the opportunity it affords
2: right right and how you see that changing distributors what do you think the changes are going to be there
1: it, it it's even more difficult for distributors than it is for <coughs> for manufacturers Of course, if if you asked uh, one of the manufacturers, they'd probably tell you the exact opposite. Uh, uh, You know, distributors um, run on lower margins than than manufacturing, and there's a lot of varying conditions because we're out in the field. We're a unique property every day. um, Sometimes, you know, several a day you have to have a lot more tools and knowledge uh, available to you than when you're manufacturing a single product line. And, you know, I I use the example of, um, uh, you know, pay station and control companies. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, ICS, DRB, uh, car wash controls, MicroLogic, um, Washify, you know, I, I tease the the people I know in those uh, in those groups because you know, they have you know one or two type of pay stations, one or two type of controllers, and a point of sale that they have to truly know and understand. That's five pieces of equipment. We'll see five pieces of equipment walking down, you know, half the tunnel that we have to have knowledge on. And when we go to the next site, it's gonna be five different ones. Uh, So for manufacturers, I think it's uh, uh, easier to deal with change because they have a limited range of knowledge that they have to have about that equipment. For distributors, dealing with multiple lines, um, it's going to be harder to deal with uh, because when those cash swings uh, from large companies um, make that change... if you lose twenty customers at a batch, that could kill a distributor. Right. Um, now we've gone through that over the last few years. Um, we had Car Wash Express get purchased by IMO, and uh, you know that that was a big change for us. <laughs> it was it was one we were prepared for. One we we had had thought about coming. Uh, but nonetheless, when it happens, it's still a shock. Uh, so that that happened uh, just like a little over a year ago. Um, but last year, uh, we had a, a record year. I think it was our highest sales ever last year. Um, if not, it was very close to the highest highest mm-hmm. sales. Um, so even though we had a large customer, the you know one of the largest chains. In the area get purchased by one of these private equity groups we were prepared for it and we dealt with it um, and and still had a record year mm mm-hmm. so for a smaller distributor that's gonna be more difficult to do if you've right. only got three or four guys or uh, you know a, a smaller house you lose one of your large accounts and you don't have the uh, depth to be able to, to deal with that. Right. It was a long answer. Sorry. No,
2: good, good. No, it's good information. So, um, a couple more questions for you real quick. So you sort of moved into education. So you're starting to provide educational, uh, seminars at your facilities, just r- real, you know, real quickly, kind of give us a thumbnail of why you did that and the benefits of that.
1: Um, so we did it for two reasons. Uh, we really wanted to provide that to the customer increase knowledge for uh, their employees, their managers, for the owners, um, so they could be more profitable, have more uptime, you know all those uh, standard answers but but it's actually true. We really did want that. Uh, we also wanted to reduce the amount of service calls we were going on. So there's the selfish reason, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we, so we want the customer to be more knowledgeable, confident, profitable, which they do if they're trained. But if we're not having to go out, um, I, I'll give you a, a, a silly example so uh, I don't beat anyone up, but we have truly had people call out call us out to do a service call to change tips spray tips in a bay um, we're happy to do it we'll go do it but that's a a waste of our technicians time sure they that's something that could be handled by the staff on site at a much lower cost to the customer um, we really don't make money on service if you think about uh, the you know the cost of a technician our, our senior techs—they have to be proficient with high voltage, low voltage, uh, plumbing, you know, being able to sweat copper and and understand that those side of things, uh, pneumatics, all the air controls, uh, hydraulics, uh, mechanical systems. Um, so you know the cost of an electrician. Now, ask your electrician to go over and sweat some copper. Right. So we have to have techs that can handle all of those things. So they're expensive to have. And then they've got trucks and parts and all the support. So service for us is is one of those necessary things that we do to have equipment sales and chemical sales. Um, If our technician is out doing things that they shouldn't be, like changing tips, then we're actually losing money. Uh, so as the customer, the owner is also losing money. (laughs) That's a lose, lose proposition. And to change that, um, I looked at Sonny's who's, who's our major tunnel line and they've been very successful at their, their college, um, yeah, I think every other week, every third week, they have classes and there's management and maintenance. I've attended many of them. We send our people now. Um, we, you know, we have two car washes. So we, we send uh, ourselves, we have two car washes. Um, we send our staff from there. We also send our high performance wash systems, uh, employees there to train, but uh, But that's difficult. You have to take an entire five days, fly to Florida, and be put up in a hotel. So that's a big endeavor. What we want to do is bring it local, um, have smaller classes focused on specific equipment where there'll be a four-hour class or an eight-hour class, but it's one day, less travel, and they can take it in bite size. Uh, recently, we've started um, doing the the live broadcast over Facebook. And, and we've only done it with a few people coming in um, over the, the live feed uh, because we want to make sure that we're doing it right and getting uh, the, the good screenshots. But we have customers in Wyoming and New Mexico and Kansas who coming to Denver is still a process. So if uh, being in the classroom is great, well, a live Facebook feed could be good. Uh, Even though you're not there, you don't get the hands-on training where we're, you know, taking down uh, pumps or water softeners, you still get the information and the dynamic and you can ask questions. So we'll continue to develop uh, the trainings. um, But to to your original question, it was f- for two reasons: for the customer and for for our uh, f- for our own selfish reasons.
2: Okay, good, good, good. So one more question, and then we'll wrap up. What uh, if you kind of had to sum up your your key to success in both business and personal life? What, what would it be?
1: Oh, wow! Um, it's a big one. Yeah, I think, you know, basically you're asking what do, what do I think I do well? (laughs) I think, okay, because what you do well is where you derive success from. And, uh, and that's tough because I got to tell you how great I am. Um, I think that two things that, that have helped bring me success is, um, always taking a positive outlook on things, uh, problems are going to come every day, right? Sometimes every hour, (laughs) uh, not taking a negative perspective on those has, has really helped me. Um, uh, the other is, uh, paying attention to who's talking to me. Um, whether that's in person or through an email because um you don't get that moment back uh if if you if you truncate a conversation um because you need to to run off and do something else, you might miss out on the really important piece that was coming um so so really paying attention and giving giving time to those. Uh, who I'm engaged with. I th- I'd say those those two would, I could confidently say, have helped.
2: Good. No, I like that. That's good advice. So I appreciate your time today, Shane. Thank you so much. And uh, I think it gives a little more insight in the world of distributors. And if people want to find out more information about high-performance wash system, where would you recommend they go?
1: Our website, uh, hpws.com, is, is a great place to start. You can call into to the office, ask for whatever department you're you're looking for, and we publish all of our cell phones for all of our staff. So if there's there's anyone in particular, you can get a hold of uh, of anyone anytime.
2: Okay, terrific. Well, hopefully our car wash is back up and running here. Well, I guess we'll be the first thing I'll do when I get off this podcast. But Shane, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it, and uh, looking forward to doing
1: more in the future. Excellent. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of The How of Car Washing. And thanks to our show sponsor, High Performance Wash Systems. Please visit us at thehowofcarwashing.com for the show notes to this episode. Thank you for
1: listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.